Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, December 6, 2022, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts for the evening, Lavendar and Anastasia. If you didn't get a chance to listen to our show from September 6th, be sure you take a look for it in our on-demand archives here on Blog Talk, and you'll hear some great news that can greatly benefit Starseeds and their missions. We're so happy to have Louise Hauk with us tonight. She is a time-traveling clairvoyant, intuitive, spiritual counselor who views beyond the physical dimension where all time exists simultaneously. Her most recent work includes communicating telepathically for those who are unable to communicate but have a lot to say, those living with the effects of dementia, autism, stroke, coma, and sustained life support. She also communicates in this way with infants and the elderly and with souls who have completed their journey to the light. Louise also interprets for clients' pets, all of nature and the angelic and elemental realms. She assists clients in healing and reframing their present and past by viewing repeating themes and unresolved issues and then repositions them to face a more joyful future. Louise conducts readings in the round and presents to audiences and venues around the country and internationally, mostly online in recent times. She also has been a returning guest on radio shows like ours as well as TV shows. Louise is the author of Beyond Boundaries, The Adventures of a Seer, Heart Links, Fearless Future, Streaming Consciousness, and her newest work, I'm still in here, and they're all available on Amazon. And you can check out her website, which is louisehauk.com. And Hauk is spelled H-A-U-C-K. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds not heard in the mainstream. And if you have starseed children or grandchildren and you're constantly trying to get them off the screens, I've written a book to help children want to put the phone down and reconnect with Mother Nature by understanding the animal guides of Native America. It's called Magical Messages from the Animal Kingdom, and it's on Amazon. And if you just type Ariel Taylor in the search bar, you'll get right to it. Just in time for Christmas, right? So our main website is starseedhotline.com and the stage one starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart and the stage two session is a one-on-one Zoom session uh, when Lavendar has now retired from doing sessions so she can finish her book and continue writing for starseeds. And remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you're going to get a window of 10 hours of power. You can find out exactly when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please order that a week or two before your birthday. And if you want a reading of that chart, you'll need to order it about two months before your birthday. And we would like to also thank Kathy and Jada for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment. So first up, I would like to introduce Anastasia 
with her always fascinating Starseed News. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, Anastasia. I didn't get your button clicked. Okay, you're on now. Hi there, everybody. Hi there. Good evening. Great to be with you. Thanks for the applause, as always. Well, we've got some stories tonight to share, and I want to start off by talking about something that um, is dear to my heart. You all love turtles. I think turtles are amazing. Well, now there's a tortoise on the planet that's celebrating its 190th birthday, and it's the world, world's oldest land animal. Now, this they've named it John, Jonathan, of all things. I can think of many better names for a turtle, but it's Jonathan. Jonathan is a tortoise that was born nearly 200 years ago in the early 1800s, which makes him not only the oldest tortoise ever recorded, but the oldest living land animal. And for 140 years, he resided on the remote island of St. Helena, which is situated in the middle of the South Atlantic Ocean, a six-hour flight west of Johannesburg, South Africa. It's enormous. The photo is just stunning. He is enormous, a head the size of a human head, uh, probably comes up to your thighs. Let me give you the measurements here. His shell measurements, uh, when he got to the island, showed that he was 50 years old at that time. Of course, now he's much older. He looks to be about seven feet long by three and a half feet tall by four feet wide. He's big. Wow. Wow. Anyway. Uh, the man that cared for this giant turtle for decades um, still now takes care of him during his retirement. <clears throat> the man retired, and he's still taking care of the tortoise. <clears throat> Excuse me. He said, when you think, if he was hatched in 1832 in the Georgian era, my goodness, the changes in the world since he was born. The world wars, the rise and fall of the British Empire, and many governors, kings, and queens have passed. It's quite extraordinary. And he's just been here enjoying himself, eating grass and such as that. He said, I do think he's fabulous. He's a great animal. And as a vet, what greater privilege is there to be looking after the oldest known living land animal in the world? I mean, how often does that happen, to be able to care for this magnificent animal? This is a really old guy, the picture uh, here showing with him, uh, with the tortoise. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're hugging. It's, it's adorable. The neck on this thing is, wow, it's, it's immense. Well, as a much-loved member of his island community, as you might imagine, and the most permanent resident, the locals there have thrown the lucky tortoise a three-day birthday party where he can feast on all his favorite veggies for the whole time. They say, finally, at long last, Jonathan is going to be given his first birthday cake, crafted entirely out of his favorite healthy foods, and to remember the occasion, a special postage stamp will be issued in his name. So uh, you all need to check this out. Jonathan, the world's oldest tortoise, uh, tortoise, 190 years old. Check it out on the Internet. I want you to check out these pictures. It's absolutely awesome. All right. Well, believe it or not, going on to other kinds of animals that are shelled, armadillos are the topic of tonight, but not in the way you might think. Um, The topic is actually about leprosy. Now, uh, leprosy, which has been a dreaded disease since the dawn of time, they are now discovering offers the potential to regenerate human livers. It's very major finding. They say it can cut down transplant wait times or eliminate transplants altogether. Um, there are parasites that cause leprosy, and now they're examining these parasites, and they're finding out 
they have the most amazing abilities. The findings in the recent studies suggest the possibility of adapting the natural process within the bacteria or parasites to renew aging livers and repair the damaged ones to increase health span in humans and remove a significant number of those waiting on liver transplant lists. Working with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a team from the University of Edinburgh uh, observed that the livers of 57 armadillos, which is a natural carrier of this leprosy parasite, were enlarged compared to the uninfected ones. Uh, But they were healthy and without damage. So the armadillos were infected with leprosy, but it did not damage their livers. The scientist went on to say, if we can identify how bacteria grow in the liver as a functional organ, we may be able to translate that knowledge to rejuvenate aging livers and to repair damaged tissues. Inside, the team found the infected liver, livers had similar genetics to those, and it's about the turtles, the turtles that were infected. Their livers had the same genetics as those of young or even fetal livers, and it suggests that the rejuvenated state observed in the liver cells was due to their biological age having been reversed by something in these parasites. Scientists think this happened because the bacteria actually reprogrammed the liver cells to grow new liver tissues. The team is hopeful that the discovery can create interventions, of course, for aging and damaged livers in humans. This is a magic thing here they're discovering in the deep, deep weeds of uh, microbiology and such as that, genetics. I'm sure they'll come up with it, but it's a really remarkable finding, and I, I'm sure they're going to find out at some point that this has, well, they'll probably be able to put this into working practice for humans. Um, okay. I, had to, I had to share this with you. Dwayne Johnson, about everybody knows who The Rock is these days. Well, Dwayne Johnson made a journey to a 7-Eleven store to do what he called exorcising his demons. What does that do with anything? Well, he ended up making amends for a shoplifting spree he had as a young person. Uh, He used to be a teenager in Hawaii, and decades after his family left Hawaii, Dwayne the Rock Johnson returned to Hawaii to make amends for something that's apparently been haunting him for many years, his teenage theft of Snickers bars from a 7-Eleven on Oahu. In a video that he posted online, he posted this, the 50-year-old Black Adam star returned to the store Sunday and bought all the Snickers bars on the shelves, telling the cashier to give them to anybody who looks like they're stealing Snickers. He also <laughs> picked up the tabs for other shoppers and posted for selfies with customers. I bet that drove him crazy. His total uh, tab came to $298. He said, I finally exercised this chocolate demon that's been gnawing at me for decades. We were <laughs> evicted from Hawaii, evicted from... Hawaii in 87, and after all these years, I finally got back to home to right this wrong. He went on to say that when he was 14 years old, they were broke, and he used to steal a king-size Snickers bar daily from the 7-Eleven on his way to the gym. Johnson said it happened every day for almost a year, and the same clerk was there every day and always just turned her head and never busted me. He no longer broke his heck. The former star, the former wrestler, is one of Hollywood's highest-paid stars, and guess he makes about $20 million every movie he makes. $20 million bucks a movie. He said, <laughs> after decades of me wanting to come back home to 7-Eleven and try to make good, that felt really, really good, he said at the end of his video. He wrote on his caption, 
We can't change the past and some of the dumb stuff we may have done, but every once in a while we can add a little redeeming grace to that situation and maybe put a big smile on some stranger's faces. So he did his penance, and uh, some people got their picture taken with the rock. Okay, well, moving to a little more sobering topic. You know, a lot of my clients, uh, special star seeds, conscientious, progressive people who care, people who are aware, um, are experiencing a lot of anxiety and grief about the climate, about the extinctions, about stuff that's going on. And so I found this story particularly interesting that it has actually been recognized by um, psychologists and environmentalists. It's a worldwide phenomenon, echo anxiety and grief. And while environmentalists have warned about climate change's effects for decades, and in the light of the COP27 conference in Egypt, climate change is certainly on many people's minds and hearts. But increasingly intense wildfires, other weather events, droughts, deforestation, food shortages, species extinctions, all the rest of it, are starting to do real damage to people, to their houses, and their way of life all over the world. And according to an international journal of environmental research and public health article recently written, climate change is a lived experience for more and more people. This transition has caused ecological climate grief, which is the mourning of climate-related losses of ecosystems, landscapes, species, and entire ways of life. We recently learned about um, the Colorado River and the the dams in California, uh, Arizona, Colorado, all the water's just disappearing. Farmers are having a hard time. It's tough. And uh, the tribes are affected, and the article goes on to say that many indigenous peoples experience much more spiritual trauma because of the physical, cultural, and social losses which arise from a changing environment. Well, last year, the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health published an article that defined ecological grief as a grief felt in relation to experienced or anticipated ecological losses, including the loss of species, ecosystems, and meaningful landscapes due to acute or chronic environmental change. Um, You know, that affects a lot of people, including some of us. Drought could have dried up your local lake. Perhaps you can't go into the woods without hearing the uh, pine needles crack under your feet or being worried about a campfire because of the possibility of forest fires, or perhaps your seasonal hobby of ice fishing isn't possible anymore where you live. Lots and lots of changes. Well, those who have a close working or living relationship with the natural environment, such as a farm or a forest, or those who have cultural, familial, or religious attachments to land or to the natural environment, are most prone to experience ecological grief, or those who just simply have a love of the planet. And an American Psychological Association report characterized eco-anxiety as a chronic worry of environmental calamity. They recognize that ecological mourning can lead to anxiety, sadness, depression. But both of these are distinct and different emotions. The links between grief and anxiety are proven, and research shows that eco-anxiety is primarily forward-looking, fear and worry, while ecological mourning is mostly sadness and is usually in response to a loss that is underway or has already occurred. Now, one of the solutions, the biggest solution, is find a way to take action, to be a part of the change that needs to happen. 
And I know many people who are doing just that. So many of the younger people um, are growing up to be very conscious, making all kinds of changes, taking the actions that their parents and grandparents never did. And in response to the worldwide shift in human response to epic changes, climate-focused therapists and counselors now are becoming more common for those who really do suffer and struggle with depression about this, who maybe don't think their own motivation is enough when really (laughs) it's a tremendous help. Nevertheless, there is something called the Climate Psychology Alliance, which helps people to identify uh, mental health professionals that can help them with their echo grief. The Climate Psychology Alliance. Worldwide organizations forming over that very thing because of the, the future that the generations that are coming into will have to deal with. And there's been so many positive changes, I will say, with extinct, extincted, uh, previously extinct species or near to be extinct have been brought back. There's been a lot of success uh, across the planet to the impact, the changes that we've made. And so we can turn the tide. It's not too late. All right. Well, it is that time of year when people spend money. And this little article might be helpful. There are six ways to have a positive impact on the environment and the world when you shop this year. So making sure your practices, your shopping practices, align with your values are tricky all year round. It is. But this is especially true during the holiday season. So I'm going to give you six great ways to make a positive impact while going about your celebrations this year. Number one. Uh, you can support little bookshops. And uh, they've kind of had a struggle, particularly after the pandemic. Uh, independent bookstores have really, a lot of them have closed. But if you do live in the U.S. and you want to support local bookstores this holiday season, but you don't know where to look, you can search on something called the IndieBound website to find a local bookstore near you. That's I-N-D-I-E space bound, B-O-U-N-D, IndieBound website. Find a local bookstore and help them out. Now, you can also um, help your kids out. If you want to make the children in your life smile with a gift, then toys are what we normally choose, of course. Uh, But where to purchase the toys that aren't made of plastic or shipped from far-off places is a challenge. So to start you on the right path, I'm going to recommend something called Green Toys, which offers playthings that are made in the U.S. out of recycled materials, or something called Plan Toys, a company that puts sustainability and child development at the forefront of their practices. You can also research on the net, sustainable uh, toys for children. And you can also wear some things that are a little more sustainable. The most eco-friendly approach uh, to style is to dress in clothes you already own. But if you must shop, choose to buy better instead. For instance, ask yourself if it's possible to find a high-quality vintage item for yourself or to give as a present. Challenge yourself to look for labels that protect the rights of garment workers, prioritize organic natural fibers, and avoid using materials that test on animals. A little research there, but it's a worthy cause. And, uh, you know, low salaries, tax dodging, and the use of conflict materials have all earned the tech industry a poor reputation. So before you buy your devices as new, consider buying something used or refurbished If you must have a brand new gadget, check out the Ethical Consumer's Ethical Grading System first. Ethical Consumer, that's a website. There's also a site called Fairphone, 
a firm that sells ethical and repairable phones. What do you know? That's a good place to start. And it's dedicated to meeting the growing number of consumers who want products that have longer lifespans and lower environmental impacts. You bet. You know, when I was young, we took things in for repair. And things lasted many, many years. And then they introduced the uh, engineer to fail for the unlimited economy that we were kind of forced into. So things were designed to wear out fast so we would buy more, more, more. Look around, see where that took us. So, <laughs> yes, I'm really glad to know there's a trend going back to sensible, sensible consumer uh, stuff. And are you from a family that loves food? Well, you could treat your loved ones to something from an ethical food brand. Um, consider filling stockings with homemade jam, palm oil-free cookies, or other organic and responsibly supplied foods from local or small-scale farmers. And if you're searching for the perfect gift online, try the not-for-profit Ecosia search engine. That's E-C-O-S-I-A. And also there's something called Reforestation Initiatives uh, that is in nations like Brazil and Indonesia, supported by 80% of this search engine's advertising revenue. On top of that, they don't sell your data. They keep a record of the site. They don't keep a record of the site you visit, and they don't save the searches that you make. That's Ecosia, E-C-O-S-I-A. All right, there. I gave you some pointers. Go have some fun cool. yeah. helping the earth and buying your gifts at the same time. All right, we have a couple more minutes. Let me tell you about this. Volunteers in Greenville, South Carolina, did something amazing on National Sandwich Day. More than 200 volunteers came together to prepare 10,000 sandwiches for local food banks, homeless shelters, and schools. 10,000 sandwiches were made in just six hours, (laughs) with volunteers using more than one ton of pimento cheese, bacon, and tomatoes for the sandwiches. Um, (laughs) They partnered for the giveaway with a bunch of charities. Um, It was inspired by Eugenia Duke. Here, I'm going to give an ad here for the founder of Duke's Mayonnaise. I wish I'd edited that out anyway. (laughs) And, of course, you would find there's a corporation behind this. But what they did, uh, they did get together to feed all of the homeless and uh, other people in in the community that could use a break. A hundred thousand, uh, ten thousand sandwiches in just six hours. I'm glad I don't have to clean up that kitchen. <laughs> oh my! And lastly, I want to talk for just a moment about uh, the protests in Iran over women's rights. Protests in Iran over the death of a 22-year-old woman for allegedly not wearing her headscarf could have a crucial impact in Europe, according to Iranian French academics. It's not just enough for Europe to just support verbally, said the professor. I think that Europe needs to continue to talk with the Iranian authorities and ask them to stop shooting their people. Um, They say that this uh, determination, how Europe handles this, how the world handles this, is going to affect so many women across the globe. This is not just women in Iran. This is women in Indonesia who are now uprising. Uh, Bali, all of the Muslim countries where, incidentally, um, these headscarf rules have been relatively recently imposed and enforced. Uh, Things that were not uh, required 25 years ago gradually became um, required as the religion itself became more extreme. 
And so this rebellion now is rippling throughout the planet in all Muslim countries. Um, they say dozens of men, women, and children have been killed, more injured, but the protests are spreading now to Europe, and some European women are joining Iranians in publicly cutting their hair. Women in Iran are demanding the free choice, their right to choose whether they want or not to put on that veil. But their demands are also for equal rights between men and men and women, for the change in discriminatory laws and all of that. And what's so important here is that they are being supported by the young men in their plight for democracy, freedom, and equality. So the guys are getting in on this, the men in these women's lives. Men across the countries are standing up to defend the women. That's historically pretty profound. Yeah. So things are changing, and uh, we need to give them energetic support whatever possible way we can to keep this ball of change and liberation rolling. And from my heart to each one of you, have a beautiful couple of weeks, everybody. And thank you, Ariel. I always really enjoy being with you guys. It's going to be a good show tonight, too. Absolutely. And thank you so much. There's some good stories tonight. And uh, we'll be back um, in two weeks after tonight's show. So we'll talk to you then. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, Anastasia. Okay, so I am going to um, get Lavendar's mic open and our special guest, Louise. And let's just see. Okay. Super. Okay. All right. Uh, Lavendar, are you ready? You there? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, making sure that your mic was working. All right. So Louise is on and ready to go. Okay. Hello, Louise. So glad you could... You could make uh, to be our guest tonight. We have had you on for some time, so I know you have new things to tell us. So I did not receive any questions from you, so I'll just wing it with you. I pulled up your website, so I'm looking at some of the things that you have on your question and answer page. Uh I think I did send send some. Yeah, she sent me the questions. (laughs) Okay, well. Okay. (laughs) That's all right. You know what to talk about. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So... um, Anything that you want to start out by saying um, about anything that's happened that you want to share with us is is timely. Okay. Well, um, I think what's really relevant to today is people starting to get back out there after this time of quarantine and isolation and all and unpredictability. And so what I'm observing with clients is a, well, a couple of things that can free them from fear uh, and, and all that in, uncertainty is to release your expectations of who you've been and stay open to who you're becoming because there's never been a, a, a present self in this very changing world. And so when we have that sense of awe about what's coming, it creates the space for the universe to find us, to send the gifts when we're fully present. Um I like the the word anticipation better than expectation. Expectation to me is an an ego construct. I call mine Edith, Edith, Edith ego, and it's how you <laughs> expect things uh, to unfold, which gives you a sense of control. But I I prefer the word anticipation. It's bubbly. It's effervescent. It's what's next. You know, the night before Christmas. What's coming? And that helps open up that space where the universe can dance with you. 
and I often refer to how delightful it is to dance with the universe. And that means being in sync, in alignment, when you see how responsive the universe is. And all those higher energies that we put on pedestals or religious figures that we put on pedestals, they're just a thought away. They're just right there. And and so when we open our hearts, we come out of fear, and that's the important thing. And it's one one thing we're here to do in this dimension of duality, to practice going from dark to light, fear to love, on and on. And when we're in fear, it, we're contracted, and it's as if we're in the basement, calling out, Dear God, where are you? And the voice says, Up here in the lobby. And so to to come out of the darkness of the basement of fear, you open your heart by thinking of anything, anything or anyone you can feel gratitude for. That opens your heart. That creates a space, again, where the universe can find you. And it's so responsive. I remember a few years ago I called out to the angelic realm and I said, I relay a lot of messages for all of you. You know, I can see they show me uh, specific moments of intervention and, and hey, I, they, they know you have a figurine of an angel in your garden. They think that's really cool and so on. And I said, so by the end of the day, I would like a demonstration that shows me you're in my corner as well. So later in the day, I went to get a pedicure, and I'm sitting at the pedicure bath thing. And the owner walks by, and he says, hey, Louise, how are you doing? And he stops, and he says, you know, you could be one of those angel ladies at Disneyland. And we look at each other like, what, angel lady? And he walks off scratching his head like, why did I say that? <laughs> so so I call that trickle-down higher consciousness. And so telep- telepathically, I signal the angelic realm. Got it. Thanks. And so mm-hmm. we get these we get these signals and and even religious figures, <clears throat> excuse me, that we put on pedestals. Um, a while ago, I was walking up a hill and I telepathized. I call it call him Yeshua, the the Big J. Yet I, I prefer Jesus' Hebrew name. And I said, you know, why don't people celebrate your lightheartedness, your your uh, your loving kindness and i mean of course people are aware of that but why do they focus you know nail to the cross sorry about that but why don't excuse me why don't they celebrate your joyfulness and he says to me i don't think i can make it up this hill in my jesus sandals (laughs) and so there's that there's that lightheartedness and the big m shows up when predominantly catholic um clients have a a consultation and she'll show exactly where she knows they were on their knees in prayer saying I got your prayer excuse me the acacia trees outside Um, so so they're just they're that accessible and it's the heart that's the conduit that's the conduit that connects us beyond time and one of the most dramatic times that the big J showed up I was reading a gal who she wasn't sleeping at night because her son was flunking out of college. And I saw all these music notes around him, and she said, yes, he's a cellist, and he's just been asked to play in a local symphony. He feels quite honored. And I said, "I don't. he may come back around to school, but music really is his love. And then the big J shows up and shows me a stained glass window. And I said, were you in church recently? She said, yes. I said, did you feel the presence of Jesus? She said, why, yes. It was the moment my son started to play 
um, a, a solo on his cello for the New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve service. Uh, and she and I said, and you felt the presence of Jesus. She said, yes. I said, you opened your heart. He was playing from the heart. You opened your heart. He was right there. I have a Pilates coach who was was saying how she missed uh, growing up in the South, where it was a big, beautiful church she grew up in, and <clears throat> and how she sometimes feels the presence of of Jesus. And I and he pops in, and I said, and there was something about a trill, like three notes together, where he wants to confirm he was just right there. And she said, well, every night I sing Away in a Manger <laughs> to my boys, you know, when they're going to bed. And she's not particularly religious these days, but it's something that's still in her heart. And when I, when I went home, I looked at the music, and it's da-da-da-da. That's what the Big J was showing me, that he's right there when she's feeling him in her heart. So that's the conduit. It's also the conduit to loved ones and the non-physical I don't call it the other side because it's not a place. It's a state of consciousness. And what's new and different for me is seeing how this kind of telepathic communication that goes beyond time and space is so two-way. And in the way that I can merge with their timeless consciousness, they can merge with mine. And I was uh, I was reading a gal, and her father, who had passed over, was showing me a, a, a fish tank and, or, and a red book. And I guess he was just showing me the red book. She said, yes, I just moved it from the fish tank my father gave to me. He got me into into that. And, and he loved all species, all animals. And then he turns to me and points outside my window where along the deck railing is a family of quail from the, the mama at the front and the papa bringing up the rear end with at least 10 babies walking between them all along the railing. And he's pointing to that. And then at the end, he turns to me and reminds me uh, about my dental appointment. And I checked the calendar. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up. And she said, oh, my father was a dentist. <laughs> and, he, and, he really, and, and he really cared about his patients. So it's wonderfully interactive. You know, I can merge with their timeless consciousness, and they can merge with mine. And as people what are, what really shows to me, Louise, is <laughs> synchronization is confirmation. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and when we open our hearts to it, it's just all right there. It's all so accessible. Um, I think one of the things that is holding people back, uh, I find. Uh, so many carrying shame, and I loved your. I loved the story about the rock, um, and his past, and he literally went back to, <clears throat> to reclaim and redo. But we can do that with our child selves, and and one gal, uh, several things weren't working for her in her life, and and I, it, it came it became obvious that she was carrying quite a bit of shame, and she'd been bitten by the neighbor's cat and had gotten infected, and she said, you know, what's that all about? And I turned to the past, and I said, there was something about cats in the past. She said, yeah, I don't want to go there. Well, she was carrying guilt about having abandoned two different cats at different times along the highway, and she found it hard to live with that. And I said, well, I think you need to embrace that past self um, and forgive her. You know, so many near-death experiences, you hear people reporting that when they go to the light, it's easy to forgive others, but it's the very hardest to forgive ourselves. 
And so we worked with that about forgiving her past self. And and when we embrace the the child self or the self we'd rather we'd rather soon forget back there, it it really shifts our present. And then I can see a difference, uh, a different future ahead for them. It's a do, a new trajectory. So uh, the most dramatic example, when uh, years ago I was seeing that a, a gal I was pulled to her past, her little girl self was pulling me, and our spirit is timeless, exists beyond time. And I could see that she was around four years old, and there was a male leaving her bedroom in the dark of night um, and had been inappropriate with her. And so I mentioned that, and she said, oh, yeah, that was my grandfather. So I had her... I walked her through adopting that little girl self and to telepathize to her, here, I'm in your future. Come live with me. I can take care of you. I'm going to adopt you. I can keep you safe. All we need is our connection to a higher power. She said, wait a sec. I just remembered I heard a voice saying that to me when I was four years old, and that's what got me through. And I said, holy moly, (laughs) with an S, (laughs) this stuff's real. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this stuff is real. Um, so her four-year-old self heard us in her future, back in time. Uh, and that's how effective it is when we heal our past self, when we heal the guilt, the shame, and so on, and bring our past self forward into the present. And there's an interesting thing when I mention about letting go of who you're becoming and try not to write the script <clears throat> Um, when we when we face forward and and op- and keep that space open with gratitude, moving from fear into any any thought of gratitude, um, I I often will interpret a scene where I'm I'm experiencing the client having met a potential future partner. Should they take responsibility for their lives and work with some of the things that we discuss? then I follow that thread down that road to a potential future. When I see them chatting with a potential future partner, there's an interesting phenomena that I have started seeing, and it's where I see one or the other of this this budding partnership trying to refer to the past. Well, this is who I am, and this is where I've come from in the, in the most usual uh, customary way. And the other partner is looking distracted um, or just doesn't relate because the past no longer relates. And I, I think this effect has to do with how consciousness is expanding and evolving. We are becoming more and will continue to be more detached from our perception of linear time. And our spirit, our timeless spirit, does not relate to time. And so I think it's go- time is going to become more irrelevant. And that's something that I think is so interesting, and I think it's another reason that it's important to heal the past and not bring all that with us because the future is wide open and we're evolving like never before. We can't even imagine. We, we can't imagine what we can't relate to, and we can't relate to what we've never experienced. So it's, That's it's, true. It's quite so, wide open, me- yeah. So let me ask you, what are your thoughts on sideways in time and parallel timelines? I know you have several examples that you could share with us. Um, I I guess I don't quite see it in that context, but I just go all over the place in time. And 
I don't relate. I don't call it past lives. I know some people want to know past lives to to know that they were someone famous or exciting because their present life's so boring and <laughs> that doesn't really <laughs> evolve us. But when there's when I'm discussing something with a client uh and there's I call it another life space or you could call it a parallel reality that relates to me it looks like a video hydroplaning in and hovering over the present. Sometimes it's a deathbed scene. It's a scene that shows me literally or metaphorically what that soul has died with that they've come in with if they died being persecuted believing they were a heathen or unloved or abandoned by god or whatever they might come to an abusive childhood to reinstill and amplify that false belief that they're unloved to rise up hopefully to rise up and say wait a sec let's just see about that so sometimes those scenarios we we come to a, a very a new variation of an old theme to move through it. If we've died believing that we were pretty hot stuff because we amassed a great fortune from taxing the peasants, we might reincarnate and own a chain of successful 7-Eleven stores that burns to the ground to learn that we're greater than our possessions. So whatever do, does the trick, and we put a lot of emphasis on events, when it's almost arbitrary, We'll get it if we don't get it this way, then the universe will construct it that way uh if we or, or yet another way until we come up with that insight that moves us forward. It's so amazing to see how we view linear time chron- chronology and how we could go through all our life to bring us to the last twenty minutes of our life when we get it like oh <laughs> we get we get that insight. And that that's what our whole life was for, for that moment, uh, that revelation. We we really kind of get off track. I know we need to see, perceive time linearly. And I love the saying that time is nature's way of keep, keep, keeping everything from happening all at once. And truly, it does keep everything from happening all at once so we can pay attention to what's going on. But I think it's. I think time is going to be doing some very interesting things with with our consciousness as consciousness expands, and I think we're becoming more aligned with our spirit. I'm I'm fascinated and very attentive to the feeling of when my spirit is moving me forward, um, as opposed to my logical mind that has a good idea. Um, and I and I think I've probably said it before that I believe that deja vu is when your spirit's gone on ahead and then your physical self catches up and you feel like you've been there before because your spirit's already checked it out. I I read a gal who's, she was going through a divorce and needing to move and to find a better place, and I saw that her dog was already going on ahead and had found the house she had yet to find in the physical, and that when she found it, she would see that there was already a built-in dog door, and the dog would go right to this corner where he'd been hanging out in his astral body. So his spirit had gone on ahead and found her next dwelling. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, there was a time when I was wanting to move back to California, and um, and so I would come out into my living room and open my arms and give thanks, open my heart, give thanks for so many blessings. And then I added four elements that I wanted added to my life. I didn't picture it 
I think we can get a little off track with vision boards and law of attraction. And in a sense, it's kind of playing God. This is what I want it to look like. And by the way, I said to a client who seemed very controlling, I said, it sounds like you're trying to play God. And she said, well, somebody has to. <laughs> and I think that says it all. So, so I added the feeling of four things, the feeling of being in sync with a partner like never before, lots of laughter, always a view of water, and to be courted. And then I let go of it, but I gave thanks for it and felt it as if it had already happened, but I didn't picture it. Well, I was on another radio show. Spirit moved me. I didn't wake up and say, gee, I think I'll call the producer and tell him I've got a new topic. Spirit moved me to call in, and I was on... I, I did the interview, and then I get an email from this fellow saying he'd signed up to be an apprentice. I responded, and I said, you haven't even had a consultation. He said, I could tell by your voice. So he had a couple, did a couple rounds, and he played it cool because he knew I was the one. <laughs> and, and so here I am, long story short, here I am back to California with a view of water with this amazing man, who I would have passed on the sidewalk because my Edith ego is still out there looking for a Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> and I said that to a younger gal, and she said, that really dates you. And I said, well, whatever. But we have, we laugh so much that we literally have to sleep apart because every evening it becomes a, a slumber party. We're laughing so much, and we need our sleep. And he's eight years older. Um, I couldn't have written the script, and I've never felt so loved and understood and in sync. Um, so let the universe figure it out, but but create that space and give thanks for the feeling of what's missing. So that's, that's where spirit led the way. So I'm very attentive to that feeling when spirit is moving me forward as opposed to my logical mind coming up with a good idea. It works. It really works. Wow, I really saw how you did that. That that's more synchronization is confirmation because you're following all of the um signals and codes and signs of of how to manifest. Yes, absolutely. It's all there. It's all right there. I have an apprentice who she's a I, I she's always reporting magnif- her magnificent manifestations. It's it's unbelievable. She'll she'll be walking along and I need a tissue, and she rounds the corner, and there's a, a pack of unopened tissues on the sidewalk. Same thing with some tortilla chips one day. Or, uh, I, I mean, instant, instant. It almost makes her crazy. And I said, how do you receive this? She said, sometimes they just fall on the floor and give thanks. I mean, it, she's done this all her life. And I think there's just no separation of her perception of connectivity. And And, you know, fear creates separation when there's separation fear can seep in but she just naturally um it's always something that she needs uh and another one of the apprentices i had a group together and one of them said well how about if you if you wish for a mattress full of money (laughs) and and then we all agreed that uh it's what she needs and it's just a quick thought of what she needs as opposed to what she thinks she needs. And the universe knows what's for our highest good and what we need, way beyond what we think we need. But it's pretty awesome to watch this this magnificent manifester. <laughs> it's amazing. But it's how it works. Yep. 
so, Louise, um, I understand that you're about to take a trip. Where is it you're going uh, this month? Oh, I'm going to Israel. Yeah. Um, Are you taking it with you, or is this a private thing? And, oh, it's 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 a personal thing. It's an aspect of my life I haven't talked about a lot, but uh, my daughter, who never did anything halfway, converted to Judaism and married into the strictest Hasidic tribe where she lives in, uh, there with my nine grandchildren who only speak Yiddish and five great-grandchildren I've yet to meet. I haven't seen them in seven years thanks to COVID and, and all. I used to go every year. And it's a it's a memoir yet to be published, and the whole moral is finding that which connects us all. Wow. So, so in being respectful of this ultra- Orthodox neighborhood. I keep hair, collarbone, elbows, and knees covered. Um, many modern things <clears throat> that I'm not not supposed to be with, and all. And uh, I'm I'm Nana from America. I'm the mythical Nana. <laughs> and, and so there will be a sequel, yes, to my book, absolutely. And that's what's what's finally taking me there. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. do you do you do uh, sacred site tours with? I mean, do you, do you have uh, things planned for the future to take people to different places, or no. do, you, do you just? Own? No, I I I I used to speak on cruises, about eight of them, um, and so and I I let others do the, do the tour guiding and all. It's not something I've done, um, and some are so so good at doing that. And again, I used to be a presenter on on different journeys like that. Um, and then, you know, we all went online, and so I do a lot in, in Zoom and over the phone, um, looking out through the forest to out to Carmel Bay, <laughs> which is lovely. Um, and I'm just I'm just trying to stay open to what I'm becoming and what my work is becoming. You know, we it's, it's wide open, and we've never been this self, these selves before in this world. Um, so let it unfold with, with our hearts open. That's that's the trick, well, and with gratitude. One of the yeah. things that I have found through these last two or three years is that with, with people being held up in their houses and some of them quit their jobs and found new ways of expressing their creativity, um, have you found that a lot of star seeds have awakened during the pandemic, more so than before the pandemic? Did you see that starting to happen? Um, I I see people going deeper, um, and again, I I like to assist in helping them take responsibility rather than reaching outside themselves for magic, but to create magic from their own internal, timeless uh, resources. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I see them going deeper, and and in going deeper, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of the the shame and the guilt is surfacing. I think people have had a, a lot of time to ponder. Um, and sometimes it gets it, it can become a downward spiral. And as you were, as Ariel was saying earlier, or Lavender, I'm sorry, get you mixed up earlier about depression um, and how common it is right now. Um, and I think just to find ways to to let in the light. And I know some people are, are flippant and pretty dismissive about people who suffer from depression, but. I imagine it's such a darkness that <clears throat> you just don't feel you can find your way out. And all it takes is a pinhole of light. And, again, that's not to minimize the 
the anomaly that people are dealing with with depression. But uh, but most yeah mostly I see and I I see people going deeper and I see people even more attentive to the synchronicities to the magic. Um, and when I uh, I can tell everything communicates and when I see that there's a tree in the client's life that wants to thank them for um, you know hugging literally hugging the tree they'll say oh yeah I know which tree that is or the the animal <clears throat> excuse me the pet. Oftentimes, there'll be a cat that wants wants the owner, my client, to know. Um, would you please stop rattling the plastic bags every time you open the pantry? It drives me crazy. <laughs> and and it's, and it's really fun this this level of connectivity and lightheartedness. When I'm walking around town, <clears throat> excuse me, and people are walking by with their dogs or their infants, because they're so present, they're they always want me to convey a message and I always have to kind of test the water you know like your dog loves the the fence in the back oh yeah we just we just put it or your your little one um is really looking forward to being able to climb the stairs we just can't keep her off those <laughs> stairs and I was walking by several people uh, a, a group of about three or four people each walking their dog and someone had dropped a little purse on the sidewalk and I said excuse me but one of your dogs dropped her purse and we all stood there and laughed, and it's just that level of connectivity, of lightheartedness that I think uh, I, I really hope to show people how to do. Um, it's there's nothing like it. That connectivity. Um, I was walking out of Ross Dress for Less, or I was at the checkout stand with a cat scratching tree, and the gal, the checkout gal, looked numbed, like on a conveyor belt or a treadmill. And I said, it's my cat scratcher. You can't have it. And she looks at me and she laughs and she says, I just love you. I hope you'll come back. And all I did was shake her out of that numbing uh, frequency of of day-to-day, you know, doing her job and whatever. So whenever we can connect on that level of levity, it's it's love. And it, and it entrains others onto a higher frequency. So I I like to show how that how that works, <clears throat> and and that's definitely finding that which connects us all. Right. Also, uh, have you found <clears throat> that the elemental kingdoms have risen and that <clears throat> more things are happening that you can actually document w- with oh, yeah. elementals and fairies and the unseen? They're starting to rise here in Arkansas. Let me tell you. Oh boy, I bet. Um, on my website, there's a picture of Tinkerbell, and it's it's an elemental that came out on film. And the gal who showed it to me, I said years ago, um, I said, "Oh my gosh, this is a freaking Tinkerbell." She said that was my nickname when I was growing up. You know how all the dots connect. And she's one who has a sense of awe in life, and she saw this fairy on on a, a plant, a flower across her living room. And she said, you're so beautiful. Will you stay there a minute while I take your picture? And she reached for her point and shoot in the cabinet down below and got the picture, and it came out on film. And you can see the rainbow reflection of its wings. You can see kind of a vapor trail where it's been. And it's kind of a Rorschach test for me. Um, when I was doing a workshop in London years ago, I showed I was showing the picture of Tinkerbell. And a very analytically left brain guy looks at it and he says, Oh yes, that's the light refracting and ref. And then I said, 
now look at it through your little boy self's eyes. And I can almost hear a click when people go from left to right brain. I hear like a click. And then he tilt, literally tilts his head to the right and he says, oh. <laughs> he, saw, he, saw it, he saw it through new eyes when he shifted from his left brain to his intuitive child self. Uh, int- uh, anyway, um, that I use that as kind of a Rorschach test. And when people, when their child selves are still intact, um, they see the fairy. Um, and that's that's the other thing about my fairly new partner. Our, ch- our ch- child selves just romp and play. We have so much fun. <laughs> anyway. So, so yeah. let me ask you, I'm, I'm on your website and I'm trying to find the picture of the fairy, so where would I find it on your website? Um, Is it just- on yeah, just go to the bottom and put in a search for Tinkerbell. It's, I think it's in the photo gallery of um, under wondrous things. Under wondrous things. Or okay. or just or in the search uh, bar at the at the very bottom, put in Tinkerbell. Okay, I will do that. It's an awesome. And and you know sometimes I'll be reading a client and and the elementals show up. Tinkerbell shows up and wants me to have the client show their child a picture of Tinkerbell. And then the yeah. client, and then the client says, "Oh, yeah, I think she sees things." Or um, anyway, anyway, it's it's you have to have eyes to see, and it and it, it's that openness, that receptivity, that effervescence. Yep. Oh, well, I, I oh sorry, we certainly we are certainly having those kind of experiences here in this house and 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 at different times on the land here in Arkansas. Wow, I feel like that. Somebody rang the bell and they're starting to rise. <laughs> Isn't that something? Or we're having eyes to see, uh, and maybe it's maybe it's a bit of both. Um, yeah. I started doing uh, what I call illuminisms. These, I think it's on in my Instagram and YouTube channel, and um, I wanted to give just little little talks about things. And at first, I was trying to stage it in the living room with flowers behind me and and introduce myself and and Jane my project manager and a friend who's a TV anchor they were coaching me and said just just get into it just do it well i noticed that when i have done a consultation and my partner is is home in his office i would go down and kind of debrief with insightful things and what comes for clients has always been my greatest teaching as well and then it it's kind of writing that effervescent uh, bubbliness when I come out of a reading. So I decided instead to just go to my office and sit in front of my iPhone camera and 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 just extemporaneously talk about what was what seemed insightful. And so those illuminisms came from just riding that frequency. And I think many people like you are on that frequency and has have eyes to see. Um, it's upliftment, it's faith, it's 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 a higher frequency, and we can bring others on to it, and I, I'm sure you would agree. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you definitely have eyes to see, but it's on that that frequency, and there has to be some positivity, an open heart, gratitude, uh, and faith that there's more. It's I'm I've always been amazed at how the concept of synchronicity, people learning about that, can absolutely change their lives. That. Truly, there are no coincidences, but it, they just can't get over or, or just finally open up to there's a bigger picture unfolding. Right. Uh, it, it says so much, I wanted to share it? something yeah. with you that, that uh, when you said that you were going to Israel, 
Oh, for the past year, I've been tracking something called revenge blood has been activated on the planet. And revenge blood happens because souls that step out of body choose to come back and get revenge blood to keep the revenge going in the bloodline. Wow. And I, I saw some of the experiments being placed on the planet that were marked revenge blood. And one of those experiments happens with in Israel and Palestine. Wow. And that's where you're going. So I just wanted to share with you that that your presence, uh, where you're going, you have a, a high radiation of balance that will help that particular frequency of revenge blood when you get there. Something about you is a balancing beam for that particular experiment. Oh, thank you for that. Oh, that that really makes sense. And, you know, one of my trips back from Israel I think I was at Heathrow getting on the plane, and this fellow just stepped up to help me get my carry-on over the hump as you get onto the plane. And in the quickest, briefest moment, um, he let me know that his mother was from Palestine, his father from London, or vice versa. And I said, can't, uh, can't we all get along? And he looked at me and he said, people get along. And it was the most beautiful exchange in that briefest moment um, just just getting on the plane, uh, and so you never know. Like the gal at, at Dress for Less, <laughs> yeah, you well, never know uh-huh. those brief moments. Yeah. See, I see, I see, I see you walking with what I call the galactic weed whacker. As you walk, <laughs> you clear space, and as you go into a room, you ignite the room. So I know you're going to be doing some really high work where you're going. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. It. I think. Uh, well, I see you. Well, thank I do. you. Thank you. Well, there, yes. there, there's, there is a much bigger picture, and, uh, and I, you know, some people say you, know, you let your daughter convert, like I should have tied her to the bedpost or whatever, and she's never been happier. I think she must have a Jewish soul, and the world wants well, my daughter happy. <laughs> well, and, and maybe at this moment in time, your presence there may have a great deal to do with what's going to happen in the future. Who knows wow. Who knows when you step on the land what's going to start happening. My goodness. Well, I will give thanks for that already. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I see what time it is, and I would like to pass it over to Ariel, who has the switchboard, and and to say thank you so much for being our guest. And any time that you have anything that you want to say, even if it's, if it's for five minutes, please don't hesitate to let us know if you have a lecture coming up or a trip or something that that you need the star seeds to know about, please feel free to always contact us. Well, okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So, and so, you guys are so, great. Okay. Thank you, honey. And back to you, Ariel. Okay. Well, um, we we do have a a caller with a question. Mm-hmm. That is a, a general question, I think, of interest to everyone. Mm-hmm. So let's get started with that. And then I have made some little notes here that I'd like to ask you myself. But first mm-hmm. off, uh, you'll be talking to Carla, who mm-hmm. had a question um, about the dog technique. So, uh-huh. hi, Carla. Thanks for calling. You're on the air with Louise. Hi there. Hi, thanks. Hi, Louise. I really enjoyed l- listening to you. And uh, the conversation is really, really fascinating. I, I just love this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking, you were talking about something about. Uh, I was like in and out, I was doing stuff in the background. I heard something about 
future and uh, the dog found the house for the the mm-hmm. owner and i I would love to know more about um, um, doing this technique because I'm actually looking for my future home and mm-hmm. you know would love to know if there's something I can do to like um, direct that towards me or or find my perfect home <laughs> well. A couple of things. Um, mm-hmm. You you might have heard me mention how I got with the most perfect partner I, I could have ever, ever imagined, literally, by mm-hmm. by going to the embracing and giving thanks for the feeling of those four things I wanted added to my life, the feeling of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's hard for people to feel a feeling. I, I can tell when a, a client is thinking a thought about a feeling because they've disassociated from feelings because their their past was so painful or feelings were too painful. So mm-hmm. that's, that's difficult for some people. And then some people I can feel they're right there. When I'm mentioning something from the past, they're right there. So in terms of your new dwelling, just feel, don't picture it, and don't try to specify. That would be the ego self trying to lay out the plans. Mm-hmm. But go to mm-hmm. the feeling of... Uh, of new plumbing or, you know, a nice view or whatever. And just just feel the, the yumminess of that already. And in terms of the dog going on ahead, um, I, I, a client has several rescue dogs, and most of these consultations are over the phone these days. And I saw one of the dogs was showing me that before she went to the rescue center, the day she decided last minute to go get a dog, that dog knew she was coming and went to the back of mm-hmm. his pen so no one else would pick him before she got there. So they oh, funny. so wow. they naturally <laughs> are perceiving beyond time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so go to the feeling of 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 what you what you love about your next place. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm, I'm just trying to feel joy. I'm just trying oh, to feel absolutely. joy. Oh, absolutely. And and you can. Yeah. And you can specify mm-hmm. the feelings, but again, don't mm-hmm. don't try to picture it. And one other mm-hmm. thing, I think in Fearless Future, I mentioned how sometimes we can only see from point A to point B, and then mm-hmm. we'll come to a, a juncture that opens up point E, F, G, whatever on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and a client um, hated where she was living, moved to another place, and said, uh, "Why can't I live?" in a place like I can see out my kitchen window, where she then moved to. She had to go from point A to point B to become aware Mm -hmm. of point C. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a daisy chain of junctures of opportunities. But again, um, the universe is listening. And Mm -hmm. and just just when you open your heart, then the universe can can find you to deliver the goods. I can feel Mm -hmm. you already feeling the yumminess of your next place and and in consultations sometimes mm-hmm. i think that's one of the the main benefits of going to the future not to take people out of the present because again that's where the universe can find you and if you're worrying mm-hmm. and obsessing about the future you're not present mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but but when i go to the future moment and merge with one's timeless consciousness i can see what's new and different what got them there and oftentimes mm-hmm. there's that contrast. If there's a relationship that feels new in contrast to the ex-husband or the boyfriend in high school or, or, or the repeating theme in relationships. And so I think that contrast it can, again, change our trajectory or con- mm-hmm. confirm that we're, on, we're doing it in a new way or, or there's a new path 
that's possible, but we have to turn that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you'll find it. Thank yeah. you. Is, is it possible to ask one more question uh, yeah. along this topic? Uh-huh. Uh, so I actually volunteer at a hospice, and some of the patients are not able to talk and they just are tuned out. And how can I pick up more on what, what they're feeling or Oh, yeah, and, I know and there's, yeah. in my mm-hmm. most recent little book, so I'm still in here, mm-hmm. there's some of the amazing, fun stories about telepathizing with those with dementia. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, of your work, um, I mentioned earlier I used to speak on cruises and back in the heyday of the New Age movement. And Gary Zukav, Daniel Brinkley, a, a lot of Raymond Moody, a lot of, they, they were much more high profile, but we were all presenters. Mm-hmm. And Daniel mm-hmm. Brinkley at the time was, was doing hospice work. And he talked about how he would sit with someone preparing to make their transition, and mm-hmm. he would get into the same breathing rhythm as that patient. And then he started mm-hmm. to see what they were seeing. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's the loved one at the foot of the bed who's going to help them, you know, leave their body and so on. So that's mm-hmm. when I started, when I start a consultation, I have the client take a deep breath with me. And sometimes sometimes they want to be a good boy or girl, and they give me a really loud yoga breath. <sighs> and I say, well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. No, just, just a, 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 a nice breath with me. And that mm-hmm. that does, I can tell when it gets us in sync. It gets us on the same frequency. So try getting into the same breathing rhythm as the person that you're mm-hmm. tending to. And then just mm-hmm. trust, you know, your first, your your left brain logical mind is going to say you just made it up, it's just your imagination. And when I work with apprentices, we create a momentum to leapfrog over that self-doubt that you really are seeing through their eyes. And just know that you are, and you'll and like synchronicities. You know, when you started mm-hmm. trusting synchronicities, you got more synchronicities. As you trust that mm-hmm. you are uh, telepathizing with that person, you'll you'll get more. Um, I have a, had an apprentice whose whose wife had had was with Alzheimer's for almost ten years, and and Dan is very intuitive, and he would be in a support group, and would see the higher self of the the afflicted one married to the person in in the support group, and he said, "How do I tell uh, tell this guy or tell this wife?" That is his her husband with dementia wants more water needs more water, and I said, well, even mm-hmm. even people who have a strict religious beliefs about what we do, um, somehow they seem to it, they, it, it seems to be okay when you tell them that they came to you in a dream. <laughs> and uh, so okay. and that worked. That worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the and then the um, the the wife said, oh yeah yeah. I I was thinking about getting a thermos of water, you know, having more water available to him. <laughs> so, so just just trust, and you've got such a good heart, and just know that that's the conduit, connecting to the heart of the one that you're helping, and you'll get in sync. You'll feel it. You'll mm-hmm. know it. Thank you. I feel really called to do this work and to help Beautiful. the bereaved. Yeah. Oh, and help them make the transition. Oh, that's yes, wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for having this program, everyone. We really and appreciate thank, and, it. And thank you for being you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'd love uh-huh. to connect with you. I'll uh-huh. look you up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Bye. Take care. Okay. Thanks, Thanks for calling, Carla. Thank you. 
And um, on that note, I want to remind everyone that you can um, consult with Louise uh, privately. Uh, just go to her website, Louise Hauk, and Hauk is spelled H-A-U-C-K dot com. So um, you mentioned a few times that um, you have apprentices. Mm-hmm. Is this an ongoing program that you have um, with? Uh, yeah, they sign up for 10 sessions and some renew, um, ongoing, um, all walks of life. Um, very few do this professionally, and very few should. They, I've, I've worked with very intuitive uh, clients who, well, one particular one was a self-professed, self-whatever, she called herself a drama queen. And she began began every session with, "Oh my God, you're not going to believe," and <laughs> and it it it's a it takes a particular filter to be able to do this work. We are, we can all receive the information, but what's critical is how it's interpreted. And I'm on a pretty high frequency and and uh, lightheartedness and all, and so I never interpret stuff in a in a dark way. Because there's always the potentiality of how how this can be used, so the information really comes in neutral. But there are those with a negative filter, or or will, you know, or or they have to have left their egos at the door as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when when I've done a consultation and someone expresses that they'd like to be a, an apprentice, it, we can usually tell if it's a fit. Um, I've I've uh, had apprentices who were therapists. Um, in la- uh, those in law enforcement, so there's some very intuitive people in law enforcement, all walks of life, and they usually just want to fine tune it and be able to trust it more. It's interesting uh, when I do remote viewing. I do one session in remote viewing, and what's what's instructive about it is that that the client can observe what they do with the as a receiver. <clears throat> excuse me, with the information that comes in. Um, and how quickly the mind tries to interpret and call it something, um, name it, as opposed to give me color, texture, shape. And that that my very homespun method got confirmed on one of those cruises I used to do when Dale Groff was a presenter, and he was the head of the Stargate Commission during the Cold War when remote viewers were trying to find Russian launch sites. And he said the same thing. Um, that when when we try to conceptualize it and name it, then we're off track intuitively. So so that's an instructive one of the exercises. And then once I get um, apprentices oriented, then we begin each session, the, the subsequent sessions, where they scan my consciousness, and then I can give them confirmation. And sometimes their child self pops in or whatever. Uh, it's not for me to, to read them, but I never hold back when something comes in that's relevant. So it's a, it's a fun adventure. Well, yeah, and th- and that people can find out more about that on your website. Uh-huh, yeah, the okay. Illuminations Apprentice yeah, program. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, your your newest book, I'm Still In Here, uh, mm-hmm. you referred to it a little bit, but would you want to give a an overview well, yeah, it it I'll never I'll never telepathize. I'll never ask an afflicted one 
what's keeping you here. And most certainly families want to know, you know, when the loved one's been on life support for quite a while or with dementia and so on. But I'll ask, what are you still attached to and what's unfinished? And one of the stories, um, two gals in, in Arkansas, actually, um, their father had stopped eating and or communicating. And sometimes I'll just be thinking about the upcoming session and then the higher self of that loved one will pop in. And sure enough, he, the father, he pops in, and I telepathize. I said, oh, well, I look forward to connecting with you in a few minutes, and um, what are you still attached to? The stories. And, uh, and then we began the session, and I told the, told the gals, and they laughed, and they said, oh, my gosh, uh, we didn't know till recent years that Dad was on the USS Comfort in, um, not the USS Comfort, uh, I forget the name of the ship, in Pearl Harbor and was kamikaze three times. And he had PTSD all his life, and we never knew. And I, so I telepathized to the dad. I said, the stories are in the hearts of all who love you, and we'll go with, you know, the, remain with them. What else? The gold. And the daughters said, it's the gold Cadillac that, that dad wanted from his brother-in-law, but our uncle lived to be over 100. But dad finally got the Cadillac, an old Coupe de Ville or Coupe de Seville, whatever they're called. Yeah. And it, and it's in the carport, and the fin is sticking out and blocks traffic. <laughs> and I said, and I said, I think you know our, our our heaven is created by what we carry in our consciousness. So I'm sure your gold Cadillac will be waiting for you. Your gold Cadillac, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can tell what I I'm I'm essentially merging, and I can tell what feels soothing. Um, what what's agitating? One um, one mother in a home in a facility uh, had become very contentious and uh, with with her daughter, my client, and and I could feel this. She she showed me the the tightness around her foot in the wheelchair on the wheel the foot pad, and the and the mother, her higher self that exists beyond time, showed me that I said, your mother is saying that it feels like what used to be tight around your arm when you were growing up. She said, oh, mom used to sew for me, and she'd make the elastic and the arms too tight. I said, "That your mother wants you to know that's how it feels when they strap her into the wheelchair on the, on the foot pad. So it's a, a very lucid, timeless level of consciousness. Um, and it's, 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 it's so confirming, you know, who we really are. Mm-hmm. As we tool around in these golf carts, we call our bodies. <laughs> right, we're so right. much more. Yeah. And um, you mentioned PTSD. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a uh, uh, suggestion for uh, people that are dealing with that? Um, I, how do you I take the first I, step. Oh well, I I would refer you to my project manager Jane who's also an actor, a screenwriter, and uh, is an IREST counselor and does and works with vets once a week um, with who have PTSD with meditation. I think she even has some meditations. If you email me, I can refer you to Jane, Jane Leonard. But that, that really is her specialty. I think she has a brother who got, came back from Vietnam and is, is quite close to that cause. But, again... Um, 
anxiety, all the things that can cause people to, that can whip them out of the present. And as we were talking about earlier, the guilt and shame they can carry from the past and and to, and to heal that, yeah. Hmm. Um, and you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier about um, laughter mm-hmm. being like the, the uh, I'm seeing a door and a key, that little laughter opens the door oh, gosh, to yes. uh, that loving connection with someone. Yes. And, yes. Um, I mean, on a, on a frequency level, is it is there any difference? Oh, it's between laughter high. and love. Oh well, I think it's all together, and that's why I was asking the big J, why don't people celebrate your levity, your your joyfulness, and all of that? And then he responds with with something that I thought was pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> and and humor opens the heart. You know, when I say that, when I when I'm passing strangers, like the people walking their dogs and all. It connects us. It's in that moment we're all one. I think I think that's why successful comedians, the successful ones, are so successful because they can hit on what connects us, what we can all relate to, um, that make and make it humorous. So whatever connects us, I think is uh, is that higher frequency of spirit. Um, and think of think of the the terms we use like oh he's a good spirit or. Or boy, hey, I met this guy and we we're on the same frequency. How? I mean, we literally we will be on the same frequency with some people. But I think humor gets us on the same frequency and we laugh together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, the old uh, I don't I didn't even know if they still do it, but Reader's Digest: Laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I I really really believe that. Yeah. Um, and. It uh, looks like we have, we might have another caller. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not, um, they're not done talking uh, with our producer yet. So, let mm-hmm. me just um, touch on another thing that you said um, that the left brain closes your intuition. Your, your, your. I, I forget exactly. How well, did you just, say we, that? We we get analytical and logical. Um, uh, and again, the the fellow in London looking at the picture of Tinkerbell was analyzing it logically. Well, the light, yes, if that's because the light's refracting and da 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 da. So we, I mean, the brain's an amazing computer that lets us interact with our physical world, and it, it's it's digital or analog. I'm not sure what you would say, but it's 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 logic. But the right brain, when they shift from left brain to right brain, uh, it's it's intuitive it's heartful uh i once had an apprentice who was in in the tech world in chicago and we would meet once a week over the phone and he would have his session in his office when everyone had gone home and so he was starting to we we got in sync took the deep breath and the invocation uh and then he was starting to scan my consciousness and he said wait a sec let me flip that switch i said do you know what you just said he wasn't aware that he had said that that he was developing an internal mechanism that got him from left brain to right brain, from logical thinking to intuition. He didn't even realize he'd said that, but he was developing that mechanism to switch. Um, I thought that that was pretty revealing. Well, yeah, and convenient. Yeah, let me flip the switch. <laughs> well, okay. and I think 
And I think when people go into meditation, they flip the switch. There's a feeling. They know what to do. Sometimes it's with the deep breath. Sometimes it's it's certain thoughts. Uh, and suddenly they're somewhere else. Or sun, suddenly their mood is different. They're in that more transcending or, or timeless place. So I think people do it in different ways. Creative people go to that frequency. When, when, the, when poetry is coming to them or the next art uh, project, whatever, so and that, and does that not open the heart? I think it lets the spirit lead the way. So yeah, yeah. What about um, you know people that are feeling a little down or depressed or challenged in these you know unprecedented times, um, reminiscing about funny things in the past? Oh yeah. Can, oh, that can I... get you there as well. It doesn't have to be something funny right now, right? No, I think that's great. That's a great point because. Um, when people ask how to bring loved ones to, to, to come visit, often it's that reminiscing. When loved ones pop in, they love to show the specific moment when when the client dialed them in. The grandmother will say, I know you were at the market and the pumpkins reminded you of my pumpkin pie. I was right there. So that moment of reminiscing, of opening your heart to a fond memory, uh, they're right there. That because you opened your heart and and it, they're right there, or they'll you know like the the father I mentioned earlier, who knew the daughter had just moved a red book away from the fish tank, and it made it her think of him. He was and he was right there. So reminiscing does a lot when when it opens your heart. When you go to regrets and shame, then that's when you have to do a little work and forgive yourself and embrace that past self and bring that self into the present with you. Well said. Okay, oh, so um, we have we have Donna with a question about um, attracting a partner. Uh huh. I think yeah. she wants to know how you. I mean, I'm trying to get your mic open. Hang on, Donna. Okay, you are on sure. the air with with Louise. Go ahead and ask your question. Hi. hi yeah. Uh, hi. Yeah, I'm 68. I was in a relationship about 10 years ago. He passed, um, but we had been broken up a year before he passed. But we had we had a nice lifestyle and traveled a mm-hmm. lot and whatnot. I'd like to meet someone now, um, you know, that's retired like myself that we can go traveling together. Yeah. Well, well. Again, if you heard me earlier, how I attracted this partner, I never dreamt I could be so happy with uh, with a partner. And again, I didn't picture it, but I felt the feeling of those four those four elements, and also. Um, when my when my partner is working late, sometimes he loves for me to. I love chatting up strangers, and I call it happy hour missionary work. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be drawn to a certain place, and I'll be sitting there, and uh, and two different days, I'm two seats away from from gals, two different gals, and one is shaking her head and saying, "I should be happy with this guy." Uh, I told her about my relationship. I hope it didn't make her feel bad because she said she really misses laughter <laughs> and all. And, and I said, but we get so misled because we envision Julia Roberts up on the big screen, um, consensus reality that that influences us into what we think we want that's rarely for our highest good. It's much more individualized and and specific. And And I said, so sometimes... A mate might be there. There might be a soul agreement to support each other's creativity or to instill trust 
in in each other where it's been lacking in 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 one or the other's lives and so there can be different soul agreements but people are dismiss those relationships because it's not till death do us part or not like up on the big screen um and so there can be a buddy to go to movies with um to be, to be open but create that space with gratitude as if it's already you're already feeling it it's already there and then let the universe fill in the spaces i mean i can't say it enough <laughs> let the universe fill in the pieces and sometimes it's like a rubik's cube and you don't know what pieces they'll have to click in at the back of the cube or on the other side but you can also think about um uh, about what you want at, want added to your um, feeling of relationship. Uh, my mother was a concert pianist, and my father was an aeronautical engineer. And he used to say, uh, "Ruthie, if I go before you, I hope you marry someone who likes music more than I." And then she tossed the ball right back and said, "Unless if if I go before you, I hope you find someone who likes propellers better than I." And they both <laughs> and they both passed four years apart at the age of fifty-one. Oh and yeah. I know, and my mother um, never dreamt. She was very happy with my father and never dreamt that that there'd be anyone else. And she was accompanying um, a choir at Cal State Fullerton or L.A., whatever, and and she had met this this fellow in a Pasadena music group, and he was a retired engineer, and she was in love, and she was skipping down the hall and sprained her ankle. She was so embarrassed. (laughs) But, But... but he he brought uh, we loved Jack because he taught mother to drink ale and mother was a bit of a prude and uh, and he, and he was so different from our father and it was like the universe sent in a different assortment so when you long for what you're missing from your your husband just feel yourself opening your arms and opening up the space and go to the feeling of what you want to feel and again, let the let the universe fill in the in the pieces. It was just magical uh, what my mother attracted. She never dreamt that there'd be another. But um, it it was a, just very complimentary from what she'd gotten from my father. And it's hard. And, and if you were happily married and all, it's hard to not want to repeat. I know before I got in this relationship, I did a little bit of Match. dot com and all, and I met so many men who wanted who wanted a woman to replace their wife. I could tell when they hadn't grieved long enough and they were wanting a replacement. And so it's it's important to take some time to discover who you are and who you're becoming. And And sometimes you can tell that you're shifting when you find yourself rearranging the furniture or changing your immediate environment. I've always said that sometimes a good garage cleaning is an outer reflection of inner shifts going on. Allow yourself to allow your world to show you and for you to express who you, how you're different now, different aspects. And when we project out a new assortment of self, the universe sends those who see us as if we've always be, been that way, and you'll feel a little fraudulent, like, wait a sec, I just became this. But you attract people who see you as if you've always been that way, and it helps you become it. It's some aspect of you that has yet to be expressed. It could be creativity. It could be feeling more outgoing. It could be a certain, a different style or lifestyle. So you'll you'll find yourself, you'll know internally that your spirit's 
sort of getting you to resemble your outer world to resemble what's going on internally. So allow for that change as opposed to like a, a not a timestamp but a template that you're imposing. This is what worked for me before. This is what made me happy. This is who I was. This is what I want again. So you're evolving. So let the universe show you um, wonderful new aspects of you that will get reflected back from your outer world. That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's what relationships all about too. And also relationship shows you um, what you haven't wanted to look at at times. And so I think one reason I'm so happy with this partner is he's done some work too. And and I can tell I grew up with three brothers. <clears throat> My father and brothers all very bright, and I would sometimes feel a bit dismissed. And so when when uh, my partner might be busy <clears throat> and unintentionally makes me feel dismissed, I'll tell him that's I'm feeling that way, but that's my thing. And he and so I've decided he's worked with me with this. And so when I go into his office, instead of saying, "Are you busy? Am I am I taking you from something?" He'll he'll kind of look at me sideways. And and now I go in and I say, excuse me, but whatever you're doing, it can't be as important as what I have to say to you right now. <laughs> and then he laughs. <laughs> but you have to be, but you have to be willing to to own your stuff. <clears throat> and that's I think that's why relationships are so important and why so many people avoid relationships because they don't want to have to own their stuff and and heal it and move on from it and so on. But relationships are important. Yeah. So just feel feel what you want to. Feel, embrace it, and give thanks for it, and let the universe show you who you're becoming by what you attract. Mm, and don't, I don't like be that. Yeah, don't be surprised if you, you you start rearranging the furniture or redecorating or whatever. It's an outer reflection. Yeah. Mm, wonderful. Oh, that was very helpful. I'm gonna even have that feeling that I'm already in a relationship. Yes, and don't picture it, but just feel it and give and open your heart to it. And then the universe can say, oh, there she is. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am happy. That's one thing. You sound so, like you it. Know. I can tell. Yeah. Yes. I'm and that's a higher frequency. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, great. But I want to oh, share there. my... Oh, sorry? I'd like to share my happiness with someone. Yes. There, and there's right. there's one more there's one more thing, and I may have mentioned it when I've been on before, and I call it the plaid boxer shorts principle. And I even do I, one of my illuminisms that you'll find on my YouTube channel or on Instagram. <clears throat> that plaid boxer shorts principle came about when a client had lost her lover. She was convinced there'd never be another, and I'm chatting with the higher self of a potential future partner who wears dockers or khakis and there's something about plaid boxer shorts. Well, usually oh. usually one's ego self tries to fill in the spaces. It hates the unexpected. And I'll usually hear, oh, that must be this. Oh, that must be that. And they'll hear me say, don't even try. It's future. The universe is far more creative than your imagination can stretch. Well, seven years into their now 20-, 30-year relationship, she met him, of course, and and seven years into their relationship, he's coming down the stairs from their weekend mountain cabin guest room with a pair of plaid boxer shorts saying, where did these come from? And they'd been left by a guest, but, but my client just about fainted. <laughs> There's the plaid boxer <laughs> shorts seven years later. Oh. 
but but it's instructive to see how we try to control the future. Like, oh, that must be this, that must be that. But when I mentioned plaid boxer shorts, there was this pregnant pause. Like, what? <laughs> anyway, it did unfold. So, enjoy. Thank you. Okay, well, Donna, thank you so much for calling. I'm sure a lot of people are going to um, be glad that you asked that question. <laughs> yes. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Right. How intuitive of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, that was really good. And um, we're just so happy that you were able to uh, be with us um, this week and um, I want to remind everyone that your website is louisehauck.com, and all of your books are available on Amazon, and those links are on your on your website. And thank you so much for sharing oh, you. your beautiful heart and frequency with our audience, and. Um, is this your first going to be your first Christmas with your new partner? I'm the second. Yeah. No, yeah, second. Oh. Yeah. This is oh. three it's 3 years now. Yeah. Um, Lovely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm blessed. I'm so grateful. Yes, and it's there for everyone in in their own way. Yeah. It's very very individualized. Yeah. And thank you for having me. You guys are great. Oh, well, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. And yeah, have a have a happy, joyful holiday. Um, Me too. We will we'll be back in two weeks, but um, I'm just <laughs> saying for you because uh-huh. we won't speak to you until at least after the holidays. So mm-hmm. have a wonderful, wonderful, joyful experience. Oh, thank you with a, with a full heart for sure. And and I, I will have that awareness now of of going to Israel and 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 uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see how it goes. Yep. Thank you. Okay, much love. thanks so much, yeah. Louise. Uh-huh, thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, everyone, uh, we will be back uh, two weeks from tonight. And until then, hold that joy in your heart and show compassion as you release judgment. Good night, everyone. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.